electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. Dow futures are red. About half of that is Boeing on news of the 737 crash in China. Otherwise, a busy morning of M&A news, curve inversions, and Fed Chair Powell speaking at the NABE conference this afternoon. Our roadmap begins with that Boeing 737-800 operated by China Eastern crashing with 132 passengers. We'll get the latest. Berkshire buying insurance conglomerate Allegheny for $11.6 billion. And Anaplan agreeing to be bought out by Toma Bravo. We'll get details on those deals straight ahead. We're going to start, though, with markets, oil, and Russia, Ukraine. This is what Ukrainian President Zelensky said yesterday on CNN about talks with Russian President Putin. I am ready for negotiations with him. I was ready uh, um, over the last two years. And I think that... I think that without negotiations, we cannot end this war. All right, Jim, where does that leave us as we uh, Times this morning says there are some ingredients of a stalemate of sorts? Yeah, I, I do feel that what I, I most fear is a World War One like stalemate where uh, the Russians just dig in uh, trenches and have artillery, which it's very difficult to be able to stop. And that this is just a long-term play. Bing West has a really interesting uh, piece in, in the journal today uh, where he talks about, look, our, we must remove Putin. The only thing, the deal that we have to have is if we make a, uh, any sort of peace agreement, then Putin has to go. I, I find that unlikely, but it does give uh, Biden a roadmap. I feel like right now we're not sure of our role, uh, but if the, if the Russians dig in, it's going to be very hard to beat them. Right. President's going to go to Warsaw, uh, meet with some, uh, meet with Duda, some other leaders, trying to sounds like get China to avoid helping Putin. Even as we get reports today that India is buying more Russian crude, they, Look, I, there's obviously a price for them. Yeah, I mean we don't want. There's nothing we can do about India. I do know when I was doing some work with uh, Rusty Brazil about what we can do natural gas. We're just not there yet to help Russia. I mean, to help Germany get away from Russia, 45 percent, 40, 45 percent comes from there. Uh, it's just I don't think it's coming together. Uh, I do think that ever since the president blocked the MiGs from Poland, that gave the Russians a real edge. And this is what they uh, in Chechnya. This is what they did when they re, when Putin realized he wasn't going to win. He let the women and children go from Chechnya and then he leveled it uh, and then he won. And that's just very it's a terrible outcome, but you can see that 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 could be his outcome unless he wants a Danzig like corridor, which is what Hitler wanted to the, you know, uh, went through Poland yep. to get to the sea. I don't see it's just I don't think it's going well. Uh, uh, can markets handle this sort of stalemate scenario that you point out? I mean, 
As, as opposed to, say, a, a no-fly zone becoming an active conversation again? Oddly, yes. Really? I think so. I, I'm not saying it hasn't become top of mind. Uh, this market gets used to things, even bad things. And I think that they're used to uh, what looks to be a longer slog. Uh, the market seemed to be brightened last week that the Russians had screwed up. But then the Russians are plan B. Plan B seems to have some edge to it because uh, if you do trench warfare and just, uh, you just use artillery and, you, and the United States hasn't given them anything to make it so that uh, they can't really go against artillery, they can go against tanks, then I think that what happens is um, we're going to read about it for a long time. And it, this is not a positive, but at the same time, a market that gets used to bad is like a market getting used to good. Uh, and I think it's a shame. I mean, look, I think all of us feel ashamed. But the market is a strange beast and is not uh, partial to Russia or Ukraine, sadly. Well, it does appear to some degree that we're going about our business. TSA throughput yesterday, highest since COVID began, almost 2.4 million airline passengers. Last week, all the pre upside pre-announcements, we can make money at $100 oil. You know, I had Steve Squeary on last week from American Express. We're talking about the strongest, maybe the strongest it's ever been. Uh the strongest, and a lot of that is pent up. A lot of it is just weddings. I mean, William Sonoma on last week. I mean, there's just a lot of people have decided they're not going to live at the same place. And then Steve Squeary pointed out there's a lot of weddings and a lot of delayed gratification. And it just doesn't seem to impact. It's not day to day. Yeah, this is going to be the interesting thing about this. I don't know. We call it a recovery. Uh, Goldman with the note today arguing you're going to have curve inversions. You're going to have negative real rates, and yet you're going to have household and corporate balance sheets that don't look that bad. No. Right, I mean, what do we do? You know, a lot of people overlook the Lenar conference call last week, large home built, well, second large home builder. Uh, Stuart Miller was talking about how the supply chain is completely broken, uh, that you absolutely are going to have to pay up for lumber, that everything's bad. What a great year it's going to be. The gross margins are up. I mean, they, autos. I think autos were very good in March. Uh, we're in a weird moment where demand is insane. Now, I am, the bears will say demand is insane because of free money. I would say that it, that it really doesn't matter. Don't look through it. Demand is insane. People want to go places. People need new cars. People want a second home. The, uh, tr- the hybrid is there. Um, there are obviously a lot of people being left behind, but wages have gone up. I think that the notion how I, I spoke to a number of CEOs last week about hybrid and a lot of people have given up. A lot of the CEOs just don't want hybrid, but they can't keep these 20 and 30 year olds uh, staying at their companies because then somebody else is hybrid and people just like to work at home. I don't know. I mean, I'm from the school who says, what the heck do you want to be at home for? Yeah. I mean, what, to like sneak a uh, Theranos movie? I mean, like watch a little TV? no. Get to work, for heaven's sake. But people just, people want to, younger people are, hey. And, and people in their 40s want very much to have that vacation home, to own it, and then they can actually rent it out and make some money. Uh, the housing uh, data, even today, is fresh data on uh, existing home supply. We would run out in 1.7 months of this is all amazing. available homes. I remember... You know, 10 years ago, we had so many homes, we didn't know what to do with them. Now you can't find a home, and everything's multiple bids. Uh, by the way, let's just talk about what's driving it. Rent. The rents are going up. 
So you have rents going up. You have people who want a second home because everybody's the CEOs have capitulated. I think there's a great piece to be had about CEO capitulation. I think almost every CEO expected by this point that people will come back. They didn't expect that there would be, hey, you know what, chief, I'm not, I'm not coming back. We have, we have a situation, a bizarre situation, where people who are 26 to 32 are telling their CEOs, uh-uh. I mean, I remember when I was at Goldman, the idea of even talking to a CEO and not be <laughs> like trepid, you're like nervous, like you wanted to, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's like, oh, can I work here like even more hours? Now it's like, yo, pal. Uh-uh. Yep. I'm staying home. Not only that, I like Fridays. I don't want to. I mean, before it was like, hey, I'm not going to dress well on Fridays. Now it's like, see you later, That's partner. Right. I'm surfing. Yep. Well, we, we know who has the leverage, which is um, why, why Bostic this morning, labor market continues to be tight. And that has huge implications, obviously, for the Fed, it, which we'll talk about. I, I just think people don't understand when you speak to CEOs o- offline. They're like, wow, how did this happen to us? Online, they're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, it's great that these people don't come in. But it's a great, you you rule. You used to rule. Now you're just, you're cartoon rulers. You're emperors with no clothes. I mean, I was talking to a CEO last week who was saying, you know, publicly, it's really great that people have freedom. And then probably says, who are the people who work for me? I don't know them. Like, what are they doing? Are they having fun? We will see when, if that turns. This is Bostic this morning talking about the, the labor cycle and how inflation, getting it under control, is still the number one priority Good for the luck. Fed. Then there's Boeing, uh, as we said, dragging Dow futures lower. This 737-800 jet crashes in southern China with 132 people on board. Our Phil LeBeau joins us this morning with uh, the little that we know as of now. Good morning, Phil. Very little is what we know right now, Carl. Good morning. Uh, I've talked with a couple of flight crash investigators this morning, and I said, look, based on what you've seen so far of what we know about this plane before it crashed, what do you think? Both of them said the same thing. This is a real head scratcher. This China Eastern 737-800 at 132 people on board, 123 passengers, nine crew members, and it was powered by CFM 56 engines. Those CFM 56 engines, that's a workhorse when it comes to uh, commercial aviation. They're built by Saffron and GE in a joint venture. Very strong safety record. And by the way, the 737-800 also has a very strong uh, track record. It is not the MAX. It's important to point that out. This was not a 737 MAX. As you take a look at shares of GE as well as uh, Spirit Aerosystems, major contributors to the 737. Remember that investigators still need to get in there. They still need to get the flight data recorder as well as the cockpit voice recorder. That will hold a lot of clues uh, if they can retrieve them and what those two devices tell investigators about why this plane at just under 30,000 feet, all of a sudden it went down very quickly, rapid descent, no indication of a mayday call from the pilots, no indication of some catastrophic failure, electrical power was working as it went down. So all of those together have investigators saying, okay, what happened here? Was it cockpit confusion? Was there something else that uh, caused this plane to crash? Uh, I suspect that once we get uh, a few more days under our belt, we'll get a little bit more information because based on just what we have right now, guys, uh, this is, in fact, one of those crashes where you sit there and say, planes almost never, almost never just fall out of the sky. The majority of plane crashes happen on takeoff and landing. That's the, the trickiest part, if you will, in commercial aviation. So, again, more questions than answers about this crash of a 737-800 
in Southeast China. Well, I, I, I have to, uh, this is one where I find, Phil, you know right now that Boeing is under the gun uh, with 737, but also 787. Yep. I, you know, I just feel like that maybe there's just a belief developing in the marketplace that whatever Boeing does, I want to own another stock. And, and maybe not. Totally unfair, Phil, given their long-term record? Yeah, I think that is unfair, Jim. And, I, and here's the reason why. And especially having covered a number of uh, airplane crashes, the knee-jerk reaction, it may take several months. But at some point, a cause is found for a particular crash. And it may be a component may not be something related to something that Boeing manufactured. It may be because of cockpit confusion. Uh, we had the Lufthansa crash, which was pilot suicide. There's so many factors that are out there that 99% of the time, Jim, the knee-jerk reaction of sell Boeing, there was a crash. Over time, that's never borne out. And I think that to say, hey, look, these guys are snake bit. Here's another crash. I think it's premature. Uh, we'll wait for more uh, information. This is obviously something we're going to uh, tread lightly on until we get uh, some confirmation on, as you say, uh, the way the investigation is going to go. Uh, Phil LeBeau, thanks. When we come back this morning, Buffett back on the acquisition trail as Berkshire strikes an $11.6 billion deal. Also, Anaplan surging on a deal of its own. Got some uh, other M&A news out of Nielsen and GM Cruise. Take a look at futures. We do have uh, the indices looking to open in the red, although the VIX still below 25. More Squawk on the Street continues after a break. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Got some M&A news this morning. Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, agreeing to acquire Allegheny for more than 848 a share, $11.6 billion in cash, already adding to its large insurance holdings, including Geico and General Re. Meantime, software maker Andaplan surging in the pre-market after agreeing to be taken private by Toma Bravo in a $10.7 billion deal. This is Buffett's biggest deal since Precision Cast Parts. Well, it, it does matter because what's happened is, is that we've been very concerned about this new FTC new uh, antitrust department of, of the uh, part of justice. And we think, well, you know what? Maybe m and over. But this kind of under-the-radar screen deal, I think, passes. 
And by the way, Anna Plan is very interesting because a big money loser, Frank Calderoni, fantastic guy. Uh, company is lost money, lost money, lost money, but does have a product people like in Enterprise. And Anaplan is the outlier. But is it, those are the companies that have been sold off dramatically. Toma Bravo sees value. Makes me start thinking, okay, all the ones that people have given up on, let's take another closer look that maybe they've got something. Frank's program, by the way, at Anaplan is one that many people use. I know I suggested to a company that they ought to look at it, and they were like, no, that's too expensive. And then they proceeded to do it themselves and had no idea what they were doing. What about this discussion this morning that uh, Buffett's sort of going back to his roots? And does that, I don't know, in people's perception, at least close doors to maybe going after deals that would be outside of his comfort zone? Uh, Great question. Uh, Look, I think the insurance business is a terrific business if you know how to do it. And there are plenty of insurers. I haven't made a deal in a long time in insurance. But look, is he going to be able to buy uh, another company that's a railroad? No, they're going to block that. Anything railroad, they'll block. Uh, pipeline, maybe. Pipelines are cheap still. That could be a place where he, he doubles down on. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, but there's, those are the ones that I think you can buy as insurance and pipelines. Some also say that this deal, because it's run by um, a man who ran General Re. In the early 2000s, maybe the succession thing has a new wow. wrinkle. That would be that would be quite a, a move. I know that I always thought General Reed was poorly run until Buffett bought it. Uh, letter Y. I mean, I first saw I said, geez, maybe they're buying Allegheny to go with precision crass parts because <laughs> Allegheny has titanium. But then Allegheny's titanium. That's the uh, you know that's the ATI kind. Yeah. They have a bad problem with with uh, Russia and titanium. Russia's got all the, the other issue, and we, I'm sure you guys talked about Berkshire hitting all-time highs last yes. week. Yes. Typically not something you see when the macro's about to collapse. Very right. true. Uh, railroads, been, the railroads have been incredibly strong. Uh, the pipelines have come back rather dramatically. Uh, the portfolio itself has had a bunch of you know, American Express is doing well. Coca-Cola is doing well. But then let's talk about the non-elephant in the room, which is Apple. And Apple and Shenzhen uh, come back online. The stock fell 10 on Shenzhen. And it's going to go up. There's a lot. Tony Saganegi, good to see him back on. Uh, he, he was talking very positively about uh, the amount of money they can bring in from, you know, let's just say uh, uh, ancillary products. Uh, Moffat Nathan's had a big piece today about how uh, the, the shift of advertising is going Apple's way. I think Apple remains a great own. Uh, don't sell. Yeah. No, no changes for me on that. I think uh, JPM this morning reiterates an overweight. And as you said, Foxconn, interesting, too, because you got Shanghai Disney closing until further notice, right. where Shanghai's got some problems. But Foxconn resuming what they call normal operations in Shenzhen, I, which is ostensibly good news. China is very difficult to figure out. Uh, when I listen to uh, when, when I listen to the to Dr. Gottlieb, I, I kind of think, well, do they just have the wrong vaccines over there? I mean, because it, as, when, whenever you go anywhere on vacation other than New York, I mean, it's like you wear a mask, it's a complete outlier, except for maybe California. I, I just think that we don't have, we, we can't get to the bottom of anything China right now, whether it be what they're, whether they're supporting Putin or what they're doing in terms of health care. We have no idea what's going But a lot of people want to come on and claim it. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll take a listen to what Gottlieb said this morning about uh, BA2 and whether or not we need to be concerned from here on out. Uh, you know, I immediately called my doctor and said, all right, let's get the, let's get the next one over with. Let's just have it, whatever. Uh, when we come back, Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this Monday. Busy week ahead. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell watching Air Products today. Yeah, we have just a lot of straight company news. Air Products has got a, a business coming on in Saudi Arabia. Now, Air Products is one of these companies that has been hurt. Look at this. This is cyclical decline because people feel the economy slowing all over the globe. This is J.P. Morgan just saying, look, let's not forget, large-scale product going to be very good for industrial gases. Why I like this is because the industrials are really important, whether it be Deer or Caterpillar or uh, Ingersoll, except for Illinois Tool Works, uh, Eaton. People have kind of said, you know what, the world is slowing. And what this says is, wait a second, before you throw out all companies, some companies are doing the right thing. And I just want to remind people that the economies worldwide are not on the decline, but that if you're involved with something that is directly invaded with Russia, then there are issues. Right. Or if you're a big buyer of anything aluminum. Sure. Uh, Does that extend, though, to companies, industrials exposed to Europe, for example? Yeah. Industrials exposed to Europe are... Uh, it's very unclear, although Deutsche Bank was recommended today, and so was Santander, uh, betting that the economies are going to strengthen there. My problem is just simply what happens if they turn off the gas in Russia? What happens? And, and the cost of energy there is sky high. We forget how cheap our energy is. But I just felt like this is one of those. By the way, this does well because it's the Saudi Arabia energy, very inexpensive. Yeah, I think it was uh, over the weekend, EU tried to pivot to some supply out of Qatar. And then, of course, this morning, the Russians try to argue, good luck, at least for now. I know. Look, the main thing, the longer-term thing, would be able to get the pipeline out of the Mediterranean, where uh, Israel's Israel's, uh, Leviathan field, and take that to Europe. That would be the best way. That's a Chevron product. I know Chevron has a strike going on in California, but Mike Worth is a visionary, the CEO. And that's the way to get that. That's the biggest natural gas uh, field in the world. But you've got to go through Turkey. Uh, they're geopolitical reasons, but boy, it would be the answer. Yeah. Also, some reports that we might see some oil executives at the White House uh, maybe yeah. today. And maybe Congress. Yep. Uh, I think uh, Reuters said Marathon may show. Maybe. Right. I well, I, I, I just think that when Congress holds its hearings, then you're always worried about windfall taxes in the days of, uh, uh, of Jimmy Carter. Yeah. It, but I think you buy them on this because in the end, they got great demand. All right, we'll take a look at that, and we'll get the opening bell in just under five minutes. Don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Back in a moment. 
Near-term risk right now is just this continued uptick in cases as we lift the mitigation, people interact more, and as B2, which is a, which is a strain that's more contagious, becomes more prevalent. B2 is 30 to 50 percent more contagious. So people who've so far escaped Omicron, some percentage of them are going to be infected from this mini wave of infection. But this is li- unlikely to be a major surge of infection based on what we're seeing in Europe right now. We're likely to see an uptick from where we are right now, but we're at very low levels. And I don't think that's going to be enough to change the policy prescription at this point. Uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb on Squawk earlier this morning talking about the latest uptick in COVID cases sounding, I would argue, net bullish. Jim said maybe you get an extension of the mask requirement on transportation, uh, but no huge policy shift. But he did say that there is a limit to the vaccination strength. And I, I also got the sense he's just saying, hey, get used to this. This is a new regime. And you have to get the shot. You have to get the shot. I mean, it's kind of like the flu shot. You get the flu shot, you cut the risk. I, mean, I, I know I went to my doctor immediately and said, okay, doc. And he's the guy is the CBS doc, Dr. LaCoupe. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? Now, we don't have enough data. Now, it's interesting. He said that he spoke with the head of the CDC. It was on uh, Dr. Wensky. She is not allowed to get all the data. The states are, are allowed to say, no, I'm not giving the data. So that's why we been relying on Israeli data. I'd rather rely on United States data, but we can't get it. Yeah. Uh, interesting conversation. You know, Hong Kong is cutting some quarantine time. Uh, what, the question is whether or not these lighter requirements are inflation friendly or inflation unfriendly, right? Look, I, I, I think Jay Powell said stuff last week I, where it, 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 when I, I have a steeple on tonight at a good bank, and they said, you know, a few months ago, they said, listen, we're going to get three rate hikes. And now it's seven. So, I mean, what's happened is, is that Jay Powell has said to his critics, all right, I'll give you the seven, darn it, if it's bad. And that was very positive because what it said was he'll preserve. Well, I said this on air. I said he'll preserve the ability to be able to uh, keep prices from continually going up. Yep. And I immediately got Bo back saying, listen, you want to hurt the working person? No. I mean, at this point, everyone is the working person goes to the supermarket and flank steaks double. And that's the working person. Yep, yep. The working person is tired of paying much more at the supermarket and, and wants to try to figure out why that is. And I think, look, I think if you slow the economy like J-Pow does, then a lot of things work better. Yeah. I really believe that. I don't know. We're go- we'll find out. He, I think he will take some questions later on today yep. uh, at NABE. Larry Summers once again on Twitter saying, good luck catching inflation. You're going to wind up with Fed funds between four and five. You're going to, you're going to crack the economy. I really like Larry Summers when he was the head of uh, Harvard. <laughs> and since then, good, good president. No comment. Good president. I gave money. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Goldman, Jim, this morning, uh, reiterating a call for seven hikes this year and then five more next year. Yeah, they, Goldman yeah. and then Wilson. I mean, these guys. I mean, you got to take away your shoelaces and your ties when you read these analysts. I mean, they are so. Oh, they're so negative. Cost is not. Well, no cost in there. I just think that what we saw last week, everyone is all these very smart people are saying was a bear spike. Uh, And I come back and say, well, wait a second. There was good news. Google. Uh, There was good news. Apple. Uh, We got some pretty good news about Microsoft. Uh, We got some very positive news uh, about Amazon and Web uh, Amazon Web Services doing quite well. Uh, We got some takeover. I mean, can we just admit that some things with companies are doing better? But these guys never look at companies. They've got, you know, they're up here. Right. I'm down here, okay? They're like the generals and paths of glory, if you remember that. I liked it. It was a great movie, Kubrick. 
They have, like, no idea what Kirk Douglas Colonel is Dex. <laughs> you cut me to the quick. How about when Ralph Meeker, when they kill the cockroaches, <laughs> now you got the edge on them. I, I, I just feel like they're very out of sync with what's really going on. And there's a lot of people, by the way, who are just endlessly negative on the autos. But when I spent some time with Mary Barra, she is making it so that Cruz is major. And then she bought for a song, SoftBank's uh, uh, part of it. Now they, they own 80%. Again, I, people say, well, that's negative. And why is that negative? I, mean, I, I, get, I think there's a lot of people who, like I do, have to fight the negativity, what's going on in the headlines in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, it, it just um, really hurts. Ford and GM, they're in the red. Uh, this morning, Adam Jonas over at Morgan Stanley does cut estimates. He takes GM to 50. He was at 55. Doesn't change the target on Ford, but reiterates the underweight. He's talking supply disruption right. and potential demand destruction. And thinks that the EV valuations in the, in the case of GM uh, need to be cut nearly by half. You know, I, I hesitate to put this out there, but Farley doesn't share that view. Now he is only the CEO of Ford, so you know maybe I should be going to someone at a lower level of Ford. But you know he doesn't share that negative view, and I think he's in more more in control of the situation than Jonas, who writes every day. I mean, I got to tell you, Jonas. I mean, the guy writes a lot. But, uh, you know, there's Stephen King and there's Jonas. And they just can really put the... I mean, I don't know whose book is going to come out first. Adam, Adam is prolific. Billy Summers was very good, by the way. And I think he just dashed it. I love Stephen King. Okay, Stephen King writes more than Jonas. So, therefore, if Stephen King says he doesn't like Ford, I'm going to dislike Ford. But Jonas can't write this much. He's got to... That man has the antithesis of writer's block. I mean, he gets... I mean, you know, there is, like, something to be said that maybe it kind of, like, you know, maybe, like, talk to some of the people With scarcity, really? I I sent Mary Barra a text, congratulations on it. Again, I felt compelled to go to Mary Barra. I can't help myself. I keep feeling that if I speak to the CEOs, I have a better line than Jonas. And maybe Jonas has it. But, I mean, I want Jonas... Here's my advice to Jonas. Duke looked good yesterday. I like Nova. He's got to spend more time watching NCAA basketball, March Madness. Really? And take a break. Take a break. Yeah, he's got to take a break. It's just not fair to him. <laughs> um, we'll see how the stocks react to his note, but it's worth reading today. Energy, Jim, is going to lead us uh, up, Always. up 2%. Is, this, uh, is that a comment on global growth? Or is this about I just think Houthi that, rebels in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, you know, the and, price was up big, and I, you know, I think that every time you get some negative news, Oil goes up. I, I love oil. I think that the oil stocks are terrific. Ever since they got the religion, that came from Devin when Rick Moncrief said, you know what, we're not going to draw. I, I had him on for the investing club. And I said, oh, come on, please. 109, come on. He goes, look, by next year at this time is when the oil will come off. I draw a lot. Although I saw Diamondbacks doing it, but it's not new. It was in the journal today. Um, he said, I'm not going to play that game. The forward curve indicates that it's too high. Uh, I just want to make money for shareholders. Mike Worth, on the other hand, has got a little more ecumenical view. It feels like some places are worth drilling. Uh, but I do think that the both the, and now my chapel trust owns Halliburton. I took a lot of heat last week saying, uh, how could you own a company that is so in bed with Russia? Well, guess what? Yep. They're out of bed with Russia. Yep. So I think Halliburton's good. And I really, really like the um, any show, like Pioneer, oh, Conoco. These companies are just they are like the old days when they're just making a ton of money for you. I'm like the old days, meaning that you used to buy Exxon for the yield. Uh, I think Pioneer, uh, Scott Sheffield is another 
brilliant man. The guys who deal with the oil business, and again, I insist on talking to CEOs. This is my predilection. They're, they're coining money, and it's not going away, and you should own these stocks. Yes, you should own Pioneer. Yes, Scott Sheffield's going to do a good job for you. Uh, it's been pretty incredible. Oil, by the way, uh, Bespoke pointed out on Friday, has traded at its all-time low and within a stone's throw of its all-time high within the past two years. Well, I think that throws off all the analysts who just are just hoping for calm. You're not going to get calm. By the way, we're seeing some very interesting action in the retailers, which a lot of people have given up on. You know, and yet, I had William Sonoma last week. Oh, my. Laura Albert was telling the greatest story. I, I Look at Lowe's. These are companies, by the way, let's remember this. We're going now into the spring selling season, and that's when the gardens are done. And then I also look at I look at some of these side of the railroads. There's some areas of the economy are so strong that I just hesitate to be as negative as, as so many of the analysts are. Yeah. Uh, Coles out with some comments this morning about the chase for them. Jeez, Coles. Yeah. I mean, geez, there's so many companies that want them. I don't know what to say about this one. I don't think anyone's, I don't think they're going to give up. The, so many different, remember, all this started with Macellum, with John Duskin putting him in play. And John Duskin is, there's some irony, he's behind the, the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond conversion with Mark, with Mark Tritton. And then uh, Ryan Cohen, who's backed by a powerful force, right. the apes, yep. Yep. is in there agitating. I love the fact that the apes attacked my late mother today. Because in terms of like, I don't even think that's 52-week low. That could be like a 50-year low since my mom passed away, but, you know, almost 40 years ago. But they attacked her, and I like that because it shows me exactly how distinguished and thoughtful they are. That is terrible, Jim. Yeah. Um, speaking of the consumer, we do get Nike tonight, which has all kinds of oh, riddles within it. China I is not with I, just I'm, one of them. I'm going to spend the night studying Nike because the conference call is so insightful. Uh, there were people covering their short very aggressively. Uh today and Friday, and I think that Nike has surprise, surprise, surprise. The problem with this quarter is uh, China, do we have anything? I don't know. I I think that I never want to bet against Nike, but at the same time, obviously, uh, you've got a big market over there in China. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, we mentioned the Boeing story at the top of the hour. Boeing, at this point, will be subtracting about 60 points off of the Dow, which is managing to open and hold some early positive gains here. Well, uh, you know, look, I was surprised. I saw Boeing down 11 uh, when I got up and kind of hanging in there. Uh, I think that's because people, when they found out it wasn't a max, um, felt better. I mean, before the max, we used to not presume that it was a Boeing problem. It's really quite interesting. Yep. We used to presume that the pilot error maybe you know, something involving uh, terrorism. But because of the two Max planes, we immediately presume that something it's happened. Something engineering Boeing. related. Yeah, and um, I, you know, I'm not sure that's the right way to be. Uh, Chinese state media did say that President Xi was quote shocked at the crash, which makes you wonder how China will view this in terms of their regulatory structure regarding Boeing. They just huh. cleared the Max for service. They do need planes. Uh, I, I look. I think you know. I defer entirely to Phil, who said we don't know enough yet. Uh, I was hoping that that Boeing, which my child just knows, has been a, it's been a say a trial, uh, would that this would be the week where China would show you know what we are not in, against you, uh, we may be okay with Russia. 
Matt, I don't know what our country wants. Do they want us to say we are on board in, in, in making it so that Russia should roll back Ukraine? Because you, both Russia and China are trying to weaken us. I mean, I don't, so, Russia suddenly doesn't, is against us, but China? Yeah, I mean, Reuters has a piece out today arguing that when it comes to China, uh, or at least China trade, they're being asked to choose between Russia and the West, and the China trade's going to side with the West. 25% of their exports go to Europe. Anyone who's spent a lot of time in Europe knows that China has spent a tremendous amount it's of the money EU's there. EU's largest trading partner. Right. I mean, when you go to Italy, Italy, by the way, is Russia's largest, and they're China's largest. And Italy is a, a Belt and Road country, which is the Chinese initiative. And I, it, it would be surprising if the Chinese just said, you know what, we spent all this money. Uh, but forget it. We're going to go with Russia. Russia does have energy and some rare minerals, uh, titanium they've got. They have yep. aluminum, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think the idea that China's going to wake up and just say, you know what, uh, uh, President Biden, we're, we're with you. That, that's just not going to happen. Yep. Yep. Um, in terms of the curve and rates, Jim, we got five mm. tens inverting. Uh, three tens inverting, two tens down to some, I'd say, 20 basis points as we keep our eye on, on the banks, Jim, and how, how they're going to trade in this environment. Yeah, I, I do think that the, the bank's bad loans remain, uh, there's just nil, and uh, the banks can make a little extra money. Uh, but I, I just want to be sure there are issues like oligarchs and who do they have their money with. Uh, is, issues like the idea that um, that the economy is going to slow because when you put through all these rate increases, I mean, PAL means business, a slowing economy versus good, good loan growth, eventually the slowing economy wins. Yeah. Although some argue this morning, I think it was Nat Alliance said, maybe PAL uh, talks like, um, uh, like Volcker, but acts like Burns, right? Yeah. He has to do a little of both. Look, I think that PAL is hoping that that there be, if maybe Powell read the, the Lenar conference call and just says, you know what, lumber has to come down. Uh, or maybe he's talked to Ford and realizes that nickel has to come down uh, in order to do electric cars or lithium has to come down. And th- these are all things that aren't really under his control. I mean, but he can slow housing. He can slow autos. Uh, your number that you gave about what's left Supply. in housing, we've got to slow that market. Yeah, we're, we're underhoused. And, how, and houses, the affordability of a house is really being called into yeah, question. Yeah. Especially for first-timers. There's oh, jeez, no, yeah. so expensive. Yeah. Let's get to Bob Pisani as we're at 24 points in the red this morning. Hey, Bob. Yeah, and uh, Carl, this is actually a very impressive open. The S&P up almost 0.4%. Uh, Boeing is weighing on the Dow. It's costing the Dow about 70 points. But considering the wild week we had, we are up 6%. No profit-taking after that. That's, I think this is a pretty impressive open. Let's take a look at the sectors that are moving. Uh, energy, which had a down week, uh, oil at 107. No surprise, uh, energy is moving on the upside. Material stocks also up. Banks, a slightly steeper yield curve. They're doing a little bit better. Uh, industrials a little flatter. Some of the airlines are weak, obviously. Uh, Boeing weak uh, as well. In terms of commodity stocks, we've got some new highs, actually. Mosaic's at a new high. That's been a huge story. Of course, uh, components and fertilizer for there. New high there. Uh, we're seeing new highs in some of the other commodity stocks. Uh, new cores at a new high. Uh, not quite in some of the oil names, though. But, you know, Marathon, Occidental, all the usual high beta Uh, energy stocks also moving to the upside. Um, The big question, of course, is 
what's going on? I mean, why did we have such a strong move off of the bottom? Remember, I just want to recap the wild week we had. The S&P was up 6%. Uh, the financials were up almost 7%. Tech was up more than 7%. Energy had a down week, down about uh, 5%. But the important thing is, why is the market that was so weak a week and a half ago when everybody was worried about now so strong? What happened? I think what's happening is the market is betting the Fed is, will raise enough to cool inflation a little bit. Um, people are making a bet here. So the big market issues are, has the market priced in enough uh, Fed tightening? Uh, and what is going on there? How far can you hike rates when and if the economy starts to slow? Remember, the rally started at the Powell presser. That's when he pushed off the recession concerns and talked about the stronger economy. So how many companies still have pricing power? These are all issues for the market. But, you know, they're making certain assumptions here uh, that are very different than a week and a half ago. There's still that whole Tina thing. There's no alternative out there to stocks. Uh, Raymond James had a note out this morning, some of the analysts over there, saying today the global investment outlook remains a choice between equities with pricing power and a reasonably strong earnings trend or bonds with substantially negative real yield. So far, investors have chosen equities rather than to capitulate into cash or short-term bonds. That's a good summary of things. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. But just remember, we were in pretty negative mood exactly one week ago, and now we're not. And I think the Fed is the main driver here. Big day for Gary Gensler and the SEC. Uh, he is releasing uh, later today details of a long-awaited proposed Rule, uh, rule series on climate change. And there's a lot of questions. They're going to release the information at 11 o'clock, so we don't know what's in this. But he's given speeches on this before, and he sort of told us what he's looking for already. So it's likely he's going to require mandatory disclosure of any material risk. That's a big word, material, like risks posed by hurricanes or floods or droughts, things like that. Uh, can they back up their claims? Uh, Gensler has been very critical of companies before uh, claiming to be, say, net zero, in their greenhouse gas emissions, but don't provide any details. He's going to say, you got to back up your claims and say what you're doing. Uh, and he's been very critical of companies, investment funds that say they're green or low carbon, but are very fuzzy about what criteria they're using. He's going to ask for uh, more information and more data on these funds. He said that before. This is part of a one of the most ambitious regulatory agendas I have seen in decades. I've been covering the SEC for 25 years. There are 50 proposed regulations, potential regulations on the agenda list. That's pretty ambitious. And Carl, we're going to have SEC Chair Gary Gensler on Power Lunch 2.15 oh, today. Wow. Mr. Gensler will be talking, of course, about climate change, but also that very ambitious regulatory agenda that he's got. A lot to talk to with Mr. Gensler about. 2.15 wow. today. Wow, Bob, great summary. I think that Gensler may call for an audit may say that you have to have, say, an, e, an EY come in and say, well, and audit you, because no more, hey, I'm green. How about we have a standard? It wouldn't surprise me if he demands a standard. His staff doesn't have enough to be able to do it. He may, you know, you may have to hire someone to grade yourself. And I think that it's going to be very eye-opening when we see so many companies that claim they're green and Gensler doesn't think they're green. It's going to be very good at 2 o'clock. Got to watch it at 2. Yeah, Bob, thanks for that. We'll be watching this afternoon. Uh, Bob Pisani. Quick reminder here, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the QR code on the screen. In the meantime, as we go to break, let's take a look at the bond report. We mentioned some of the inversions in various parts of the curve today. We did get the two-year uh, back to 2%. First time since 2019 on that one, and that 10-year hovering just above 222. Back in a moment. We 
think that as competition increases in crypto, and this is not a call on, on crypto or Bitcoin prices or anything like that, uh, but we think as, as competition increases amongst the exchanges, you're going to see fee compression. And uh, as it is, uh, uh, Coinbase will probably not be profitable this year with a, a $40 billion market cap. That's renowned short seller Jim Chanos Friday on Closing Bell Overtime talking about Coinbase uh, down 5% today. Jim, what do you think? Well, look, I, I listened to him and, by the way, Scott's show is incredible. Um, Scott Wabner, for me, you're just going to get provoked, and that's what matters. And I listened to Chanos, and I've always been, I've known Jim for, I don't know, 30 years. I thought it was a very compelling decision to get out of it, uh, to say bad things. I like Silvergate, by the way. I don't know if he cares for that one. But it just seems like to me that Coinbase is the one that is tussling with Gensler. And, you know, Gensler, when you go review, there was a really good piece in the New York Times this weekend about it was everything you need to know about crypto. And, of course, it sends you to a Gensler class. So, I mean, you've got the SEC and you have Coinbase. And what he said to me, Gensler, was Coinbase ought to come in and just talk about the practices. And I don't know whether they've done that, but uh, I do know that I don't want to go against, in this particular case, I don't want to go against Gensler, uh, right. against uh, Chainos. I, I, there have been times where I don't think Jim is right, but I thought this was well thought out. Right. Uh, overall, the argument, especially when we got that executive order a couple weeks ago, was that the industry has tried to avoid throwing bombs. But right. Coinbase has been, I guess, maybe one of the more aggressive players. Yeah, you know, I, I've always learned that the commission wins in the end. Don't try to move the commission. Go with, him, with Gensler. Uh, and I'm very surprised because they've got a, a terrific, uh, terrific lawyer there at, at the top. But you, you just you go against Gensler at your own peril. He's in charge. Yeah, he is the commissioner. <laughs> um, we're down uh, negative territory in the S&P. Bostic uh, continues to speak, says the Fed should get moving quickly, in his words, on the balance sheet. We're going to watch that along with a bunch of other Fed headlines uh, all week long. We're back in a moment. Good stop trading with Jim. It is time for Jim and Stop Trading. You know, Carl, a lot of the strategists were after the stocks that moved up the most last week. And one of them was NVIDIA, moved from 213 to 260. Now, there actually is a substantive reason. Tomorrow, Jensen gives it, uh, Jensen Wong, uh, the CEO and a visionary, gives his keynote. Every year's keynote has been very defining. This year, I think it's going to be software. The stock was up in uh, pre-market trading. It's now down. But be aware that this stock is not up idly. It's up because of a very important keynote. All right. So I see Stiefel tonight? What do you got? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to focus on every single one of these financials that people have kind of just aren't focused on. There's some great opportunities here, uh, particularly because this is a firm that makes a lot of money. Uh, you know, wealth management makes a lot of money if rates go higher. So let's focus on them. And I'm, I'm not I refuse to be as bearish as as the people who write at the top. But I don't blame them if they read The New York Times over the weekend and they read the top. I don't know how you can be anything other than negative. Right. Uh, yep, there's a lot going on, Jim. Yep. We'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 